the work of the ministry in Hindrance and Hope. We left off last week after going through verses uh, 14 and 15, but let's go ahead and go back to there. Uh, really looking at verses 13 through um, 15, 13 through 15 together. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be, am I in the right? Yes. I'm in chapter 5. Ha, ha, ha. Chapter 4. In whom the God of this... No, how about I get in the right verse? <laughs> okay, verse uh, 13. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you for all things and for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Before I dive further into that passage, I took note last week of a couple things. What we believe we speak, and we should. Do you need to be speaking Jesus in your life? He says, he's quoting from Psalms here, we, we believe, we speak, and we speak that which we believe about the Lord. And what Paul is saying is that he had trust in the Lord, and he could trust God with his life, and so he speaks that trust. And then he says... In verse 15, for all things are for your sakes. Now, I, I didn't get to go much on this last week, uh, but I want to touch base for just a moment in reference back one book, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If you look at verses 31 through 33, and the idea of for all things are for your sakes. I referenced last week that many times in ministry, especially in churches today, it's my belief that we're so focused on what we want out of church that we make it all about what we want and that overemphasis of us is unhealthy. Church is supposed to be about our coming together. Our lives are supposed to be about worshiping God and following him. It's also evident through scriptures that if we want to look like Jesus, we're going to serve others and we're going to care about them more than we care about ourselves. But I'm going to tell you that I don't think that's the case often. I think often we really are concerned about what we want. And God help us not to be there as Fellowship Baptist Church. Help us to keep our eyes focused on the Lord. Help us to be servant-hearted and servant-minded. And may we reflect Christ as we serve him and serve others for his glory. But 1 Corinthians 10 verses 31 through 33 tells us whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, what are you supposed to do with it? Do all the glory of God. What's in focus? God. Your worship of God. Now, I'm going to take, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I'm going to tell you, so far have we gotten off the path of knowing what it means to live a life that's dedicated and consecrated and worshiping the Lord, that we, we relegate worship in our lives to music in the orientation of church. And can music be worship? Yes. But is worship simply music? No. The basic definition of worship in the Bible, going back from its earliest mentions <clears throat> through the New Testament, is a life that is sold out to God. And this is not abnormal Christianity. This is normal Christianity. But he goes on to say, give none offense in verse 32, 1 Corinthians 10. Give none offense neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Listen to this phrase. Even as I please all men in all things... Further yet, not enough, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. I wonder how different our churches would be if we would have this sentiment of heart, which is doctrinally based. Do people leave churches for the dumbest of reasons? 
Yes. Do people get mad at each other for the dumbest of reasons? Yes. And by the way, I recognize how that sounds. How dare you call my reason dumb? But you know what? My opinion really doesn't matter. We're going to stand before God. And we have this golden opportunity to serve our Lord. This golden opportunity to honor him. This golden opportunity to sell out for him. And, and do every one of us struggle with being completely consecrated and sold out every day? Yes. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of the ministry of the Word of God to draw us into that fellowship with him, to live a life that is serving him and a life that is pointing others to the Savior who can redeem their lost soul. So we have this opportunity, but too often we get so focused on what I want that we're willing to separate, divide, and leave, and be mad. And, and, and really, folks, uh, all that will leave you in a hollow relationship all the time. Because what you're doing is you're living a Christian life that says, I'm going to fellowship with the people who give me what I want, who always tell me what, what, I, what I want to hear. You know what you really need? You need friends who love you who will tell you the truth. Amen? You want friends who love you who will tell you the truth. And not be mamby-pamby about it. And not be mean, but love you enough to tell you the truth. And so I'm telling you, as, as, a, as pastor here, as a, as a representative of the gospel message and trying to do my best to represent what these scriptures teach, we do well to come back to an orientation of Christ where he is magnified and we serve others more than ourselves. Okay? So there's that. Then we come back into 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we pick up where we left off last week. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in verse 16. All right, will you forgive me for uh, getting uh, this mind fritz out of my head? Uh, so last week I came to the pulpit with no sleep, and that's why when I got done, I was like, man, it was really difficult to get through a message. Um, but there is so much going on right now, it's hard for me to remember everything. And even though this has nothing to do with the next point, uh, today is Jody Spencer's birthday. <laughs> you can give her a round of applause. Here she is. And, and Jody is not in my notes, but somebody told me and I forgot. So I wanted to say happy birthday. And you just got back from a trip and praise the Lord for that. Um, but as a church family, we have the opportunity to love each other and serve together. And I, I want to say again, listen, folks, it is, a, it is the best thing in the world to be a Christian. As the song says, it's the best thing I know. Now, why is that? Because God is good in so, so, so many ways. And, and I want to ask you something. Do you, do you struggle with negative thinking? Would you raise your hand if you do? See that one right there? When do you, when do you, when do, you do your negative thinking? When do you do your problem-solving thinking? I do it every time I do lawn work. Every time I do lawn work, I'm, I, my mind is going through every problem there is on the planet. And if you watch me, I look like it. It's like, man, he must be mad at the grass. <laughs> no, I'm just problem solving, you know. Uh, 
is it easy to be negative thinking? It is. But I want to tell you, you need to be careful about how you set your mind because it'll set your direction. It'll set your attitude for life. And we have, a, we have every reason to be joyful believers. Every reason. Amen? Every reason. I, I just want to, again, I feel like many times when I'm preaching, I'm just giving testimony. I, I'm just saying again, God is good. It is a great thing to serve God. Now, it doesn't mean it's always easy. But you read this next verse and Paul says, For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. It goes on, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So let's take a focus here in verses 16 through 18. For which cause we faint not. Now, I would argue that that verse is there to say that there is going to be a temptation to faint. For which cause really reflects back to verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. We don't give up. We don't. Now, the idea of faint, uh, fainting here is the idea of losing heart, the idea of becoming wearied or exhausted or discouraged. Now, does that mean that I will never be discouraged in ministry? Does it mean that you will never be discouraged in life? If I had to give you a piece of paper, could you write down some things that are discouraging? Not a good exercise, but if I did, could you? There are a lot of things that we would like to take away out of our, the problems of our life. I'd, I'd like to see this go. I'd like to see this. And, and by the way, I will tell you, as I learn about the struggles that our people go through, there are many times where I think, boy, I wish I could, I wish I could come in there and I wish I could rescue that situation. And while we may not be able to rescue someone from a situation, we can do what we can, right? We can help. And we should. But I'll tell you why we can't rescue people. Because we're not God. And God's got a plan for your life. You need to know that God's not messing up your life. If you'll walk with him, he will help you with no matter what your circumstance is. But it does mean, I think it says here, for which cause we faint not. He's saying that the ministry, and really this goes back to 2 Corinthians 3 and the foundation there, that we have this new covenant ministry. What's that new covenant ministry? We are telling the world that there's a Savior who's paid for all of their sin. And that man who could not save himself has been offered the opportunity to be redeemed by the work of Christ. And so the Lord has made a promise. A promise to everyone who will come to him in repentance. Will come to, come to him knowing that their sin is an offense to God. If they will come to him, he will make them his child. And he will give them an eternity where they will be with him forever. Just as we said right here with this baptism this morning, that coming up out of the water is a picture of a resurrected life in front of us. Praise God. That is exciting. But he says, for which cause we faint not, you could also argue not only talking about this new covenant ministry of telling people about the gospel, but which, for which cause we faint not, it's closest uh, association could be in the previous verse. 
For all things for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanks of many redound to the glory of God. Uh, and what is he talking about? Actually, it's, excuse me, it's verse 14. The idea that he raised up Jesus, he's going to raise us up. In other words, there's something in front of me that is better than what I am right now and what I have right now. And I know it's true. I know it's sure. And I know it's going to happen. And because that's true, I am not going to quit. I am not going to faint. I'm not going to live in discouragement. I'm not going to live through life weak. I'm not going to go through life uh, always as if I am somehow a victim of the bad things that are going in life. I am a rejoicing, saved believer, and I've got heaven in front of me. And when you see this, he says, I'm not going to faint or let discouragement win the day. Though our outward man perish, have you reflected over the fact that your outward man is perishing yet? Have you gotten there? Every senior, can you say amen to this? Amen. amen. <laughs> really, age is, is our continued gift of God to tell us this world is not our home. It's God's gift to tell you there's something beyond this. Got a surgery happening tomorrow, right? Tomorrow morning, what time? Six, Six o'clock in the morning. How many of you have had surgeries this year so far? Anybody, would you raise your hand? Look around the room, see who they are. Okay, how many have had surgery in the last two or three years? Anybody? Okay, exciting, isn't it? You live long enough, what are you going to experience? A surgery. <laughs> or not. God could take you without a surgery, couldn't he? You live long enough, you recognize this body is going to decay. Anybody got Google Photos or something like that? Google Photos, some of you on Facebook where it shows you your memories because you don't remember. <laughs> when it shows you your memories, you're like, wow, I've changed. <laughs> Why? This body is not meant to be forever, but what he's saying here is that his body, remember, his body has suffered for the glory of God. Though our outward men perish, Paul was becoming physically weaker. Our bodies are wearing out. They are giving out. And Paul is specifically referencing because of the ministry. And ministry got harder. I, I want Now, you need to know something right now. Please pay attention to what I'm going to say. Especially you younger people that... You know, think about your service for the Lord. You know when the best time to commit to, the, to, to commit to serving the Lord is? Do you know when the best time is? Now. You know why? You are not guaranteed tomorrow. Proverbs 27.1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Some of you think that, man, I'm really going to give my life to ministry when I retire. My dad retired and had plans to travel the world and died within two years of retirement. He died pretty young. He was, I think, 67. 
You and I need to be careful about thinking we're going to serve another day. That we're going to serve in our future when I finally get this tidied up, when I finally get this done, when I finally get this section of my life. You've, you've only got so much time. And guess what your problem is? Just like mine. It is so easy to get distracted. It is so easy for us to get off path with what God has called us to do. But what I'm saying is don't think that you're going to, you know, some of you think, Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have strength to do this in my future. And I'm going to tell you all kinds of things. If you've got something you want to do, you better get it done. Hello? Now, I'm telling you all across life. I'm telling you all across life. You know one of the things I wanted to do with my dad? When he went into retirement, I wanted to travel across the country on motorcycles with him because that's what my dad liked to do. We never got to do it. I wanted to be on a mountain one day and kill a big elk. I'm glad we got that done a couple years ago. Because <laughs> getting on a mountain today doesn't look the same. I might ask those people to carry me up the mountain. And then to carry me back down. You cannot bank on the strength that you have today to have it tomorrow. Serve God with the strength that you have today. Monty, I thought you might like, you got called a mule. And I don't know if it's because you're stubborn or because you work like a mule. I think that was the idea. And I think it's a great thing to realize, look, uh, you could take any one of us, every one of us has deficiencies. Every one of us has limitations. Every one of us has time management at the core of what are we doing with our lives. But I am telling you, no matter what you think of this message, what I'm saying is absolutely true. You've only got this shot to get it done. So do what God leads you to do. Have fun with life. Go do adventures, but keep God at the center of it. And serve him with the strength that you have today. Because this body's giving out, and you will find limitation. And I want to challenge you about the negative thinking. You know, some of you might think, well, <clears throat> it is not very encouraging to know that it's going to be harder tomorrow. But I, I do want to encourage you with this. God's grace is always sufficient. And who cares that you can't do what you did yesterday? Yesterday's gone. You can do what God has given you to do today. There's opportunity today. But as this body degrades, as this body decays, as this body experiences this outward man perishing, the verse says following, yet the inward man is renewed, how? Look at the verse. It's right there in verse 16. The inward man is what? Renewed day by day. Do you know what that is? Do you know what this means? It means, ultimately, that you and I are made to be continually dependent upon the grace and strength of God day by day. Day by day. I, I also, I mean, if I, could, if I could jump up and down and, and make you believe it uh, with the energy that I could give you, I want to tell you that I thank God for the ministry that we share together. I thank God that I'm not in a ministry where 10% of the people are doing 90% of the work. I thank God for you that you are a serving people. 
It encouraged, I'm telling you, I get excited about watching what we do together for the glory of God. And I, I, I really think it's a, a wonderful testimony when people will often, I, I understand why they do it. I'm pastor, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm administrating the church and I'm trying to direct what we do. But I want to tell you, so much ministry happens without any of my hands on it at all. And people will come and tell me, hey, Pastor Jeff, I really like this about the church. I really like that about the church. I like, I like what got done there. And I'm like, well, me too. Who did that? And it's God's people serving the Lord in the strength that he's given with the burden that he's given and doing it while there's day because the night's coming. The inward man is renewed day by day. And I'm going to take a moment here. I've got to be careful. Oh, my word. I read all three verses because I thought I was going to get through all three verses today. The inward man is renewed day by day. Our outward man is physical, the physical frame, our flesh. Take your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We'll talk about the physical frame the inward man and the outward man. First Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20, we talk some here about the outward man. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, what? You've got your Bible open there. Let's read it together out loud. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, read out loud with me. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Do you all believe that? Would you say amen if you do? Do you believe, really, I'm asking you, do you believe, do you believe that your body belongs to God? What does that mean? It means he gets to direct in your life. Now, I'm gonna get, you know, kind of, you know, earthy with this and just say, it's one thing to say that we belong to God. It's another thing to recognize that this body actually belongs to him. And he can direct me where he wants me to go. He has authority. He has all rights to direct and do what he wants to do. Why? Because we have been bought with a price. And here's how God says we glorify him. And it says, in the last part of this, it says, for you are bought with Christ, therefore glorify God in your what? In your body. And it goes on to say, and in your spirit. That's the inner man, which are God's. Which, which one's God's, your body or the inner man? Actually, as a believer, both, right? So what that means is that God has authority in my life to direct it, how he wants it to go, what he wants to do with it. But I'm going to come back to this core issue. Is your life his or is it yours? Well, the interesting thing about this doctrine is while it belongs to God, you as a steward are given authority to decide what you're going to do. Will you glorify God with your body? By the way, I don't think you have to be a, a, a uh, preacher standing in a pulpit to give your life completely to the Lord. How many of you folks here remember Chad Argon? Remember Chad Argon? Okay. He and his family were a part of our church till they moved away. I just watched a video from Chad. Chad is a roofer, okay? 
And so uh, he's got some bid that he's done. I, 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 I forget the details right now, but he's doing a bunch of roofs in a place where there was some damage. In what he shared with me, and I, I totally, I came upon it. He didn't actually share it with me. I, I found it. It was him just giving a gospel testimony on YouTube. And it is well done. He's videoed beside a lake. He's giving how to get saved. Chad is not a preacher. He doesn't even know I'm talking about him today. You can text him later. But he's serving the Lord in his body and what God has given him. And you can too. So I also just want to challenge us with, look, while you may be suffering with different things in your body, can you be at, at peace knowing that God can use your suffering body for his glory? Do you recognize it is not God's plan in this lifetime to take all of our suffering away? And yet God in this lifetime can use that suffering to navigate us, direct us, and glorify his name? This outward man is this body of yours. The inward man is our spirit that dwells within that flesh. Romans 7 verses 22 through 25, if you would. Romans 7, 22 through 25. Romans 7, 22 through 25, for I delight in the law of God after the what? The inward man. This is the heart that looks at, when you look at the law of God, that's a phrase for referencing the Bible, the word of God. For I delight in the law of God after the what? The inward man. So the person is saved, delights in the truths of God. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? This, this body that continues to do the wrong things, that continues to feel the groan of sin. Who's going to deliver me from this? I thank God, verse 25, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And the idea here is this, it is God who works on the in, inner man through our spirit to be surrendered to him. And through that surrender, we serve him with our lives. Without that surrender, you will follow your own path, do your own thing, and live a life apart from God. When we read back this renewed day by day, it is the sentiment that every day I find my strength that God only can give. Do you know, so I'm going to be very specific here. Do you know the grace of God in your life? Hello, you with me? Do you know the grace of God in your life? And how would you describe the grace of God in your life? Well, it could be described a lot of ways. And some of us, when we think about the grace of God, we can easily translate that. Well, that means that um, God has given me something that I don't deserve. He's given me salvation in heaven. And is that true if you know Christ? Well, yes. But I'm going to tell you what the grace of God looks like 
For many people, the grace of God is the ability to get out of bed in the morning. The grace of God to get through a day and love him and walk with him. I need, you need his strength every single day. Every day. And we need that renewing strength every day. Look, the world around us is dark. And it's a heavy place. And uh, there's so much evil going on in the world. And yet we have reasons to rejoice as well. Do you believe we have reasons to rejoice? Are all those, are all those uh, in eternity future? In heaven, are all the reasons we have to rejoice simply in heaven in front of us? Or do we have reasons to rejoice today? I know I'm over on time, but I want to share something with you today. All right, somebody sent this to me, and I'm going to share it with you. I want to share with you the historic news, and here it is. Planned Parenthood has closed one of its three abortion centers in Idaho. This is from David Ripley, who is Idaho Chooses Life. And he says here, uh, Wendy and I went down last night to confirm the rumor, and I have attached photos. This was the flagship of Planned Parenthood operations in Idaho, and the only place where they performed surgical abortions. Literally thousands of babies have been killed behind those glass doors over the past decades. What an amazing development. Our Lord is moving, and I believe this closing uh, portends great things ahead. You know, praise God, huh? Can you praise God over that? That is a great thing in this dark world. And we are so messed up. If you wonder, you know, it used to be said 10 years ago that we're following Europe. I don't know that we're following Europe anymore. I listened to news commentaries yesterday. I listened to news commentaries uh, or commentators, or I think five of them, and they were referencing Major League Baseball, and I guess it's supposed to be Pride Month, and they are uh, wanting all the players to wear a Pride sticker on their uniform. And what they referenced, I think it was five, five players or so, uh, had refused to do so. So they were talking about that. And one of them said, well, I don't mind. I'm glad to know who my enemies are. And uh, another one was saying, you know, how ridiculous to say, hey, we're all accepting, but not, not to these people. And uh, they were, everyone on that panel disagreed with these people and saw them as the enemy. And then it went on to say, one commentary in, uh, commentator in specific said, well, something about it being people who are of faith or believers. And then another lady jumped in and said, yeah, but there's, and she named somebody's name. She said, this person is changing the face of that discussion because they are known as a uh, pastor's daughter. They're a very public figure and they are gay. And they're showing that you can be gay and love Jesus too. And everybody in this room, instead of saying amen, say, oh me, <laughs> or oh my. Why? Because that is ridiculous to believe that you can live a life departing from the word of God and say, I love Jesus too. And what I'm telling you is that the world may not like that message, but you always want to speak the truth. 
and the truth in love. God is in the business of saving any sinner. But what I'm saying is in this dark world, there are reasons to be encouraged. There are reasons to stand for what's right. But there is every reason to point to Jesus Christ. In a world that is not going to be friendly to you. And by the way, we need to get past the idea that we're going to be friends of the world. Amen? It's not going to happen. Not if you are a follower of Christ. So what are you living for? Well, our time is gone this morning. But I want to call you back to at least this. For which cause we faint not. And I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister in the Lord. Don't stop serving the King of Kings. Don't be discouraged about what you see going on around you. As I was having this conversation yesterday, and we were talking about how dark it is, one of our sisters pointed out, and where it's dark, the light shines the brightest. We have every reason to be encouraged that God has put us at this time and place in history. He has called you to be that light right where you are. And with whatever, he, whatever he's got you doing in your life, we have this opportunity to point to him. Don't faint. Don't quit. And it doesn't mean that you don't need encouraged. There, I'm going to tell you, folks, I, as much as I want to be an encouragement to you, there are plenty of times where I need somebody coming under my arm and just picking me up because I feel it too. And I don't think we, I don't think we got this idea that there are believers who are always on, on top of the mountain. That is not true. We all face this, this life of the up and down, and it is the grace of God day by day that gives us focus, purpose, strength, and help to glorify him. And you, as a child of God, are involved in that ministry. Don't faint. Don't faint. Point to Christ. Now, the message is done, but if you're here today and you've heard this message to a bunch of believers and you're not saved, I want to tell you something that I started with. Being a Christian is the best thing I know. I said it when we began. I know what it's like to live outside of Christ. I know what it's like to live my own life, to do my own thing. And what I've proved is I can mess it up six ways from Sunday. Thank God for his grace that he redeems sinners like me and sinners like you. If you don't know him, would you come to Christ? Come to this one who, as we've read in this passage, promises salvation and a resurrected life in Christ where in heaven there is no more pain, sorrow, sickness, crying, or death. The invitation is open to every one.